Yeah. Okay. Excellent. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon I am. Yeah. I reckon we are. The Mike Tamano Happening. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Mike Tamano Happening, and we're glad to have you along with us. So this program is being recorded replete with my neighbor Josh on his riding mower. Now one might think that if you're about to record in a studio with a window and there's a lawnmower outside that has been going for a half hour you might go out and say hey when are you going to be done but I can't do that because he mows my entire farm piece here so I really can't it can't be a pain in his ass. You can't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? You got to just be cool. Let him do his thing because he refuses to let me mow my lawn. Can you? Now, that is a blessing. If someone refuses to allow you to mow your lawn, they insist. Because in the uh, words of Josh, I like mowing. All right. Do it, bro. Have at it. Got plenty of it. So, uh, yeah, that's at least it's in my headphones. Maybe it won't be in your uh headphones or car speakers or wherever if not we'll just enjoy the drone together it's part of the experience so the phrase caught the bug uh has been on my mind lately you know you kind of because people say oh you know in regards to covid and whatnot there's oh you know she caught the bug yeah he caught the bug and immediately i was thinking well every time i've heard caught the bug i mean yeah you know you'll hear someone call into work because the flu's going around hey man i caught the bug i'm not going to be in or hey stay home you caught the bug but also caught the bug is a phrase that over the years has been used to denote like the origins of a passion the impetus of a lifelong pursuit so that's kind of the theme for today's program the acting bug you know nipped me at an early age performing in school plays and then going to second city and performing in children's theater there and it was it was cool and i do occasionally still audition for commercials or independent films heck sometimes i even get the part but at the slightly ripened age of 53 i've come to realize there's only so many hours to do so many things and we also find a need to balance our pursuits within you know the realm of our existence living on a farm 70 miles south of chicago doesn't really lend itself to frequent treks to make casting calls or go to auditions or rehearse a play or whatever so you know that's kind of on the back burner if and when it pops up i like going to auditions i like the process i like to keep my chops up Uh, i like script reading and uh, i've gone to a few classes here and there for script analysis and it just enriches you as a creative person to take an occasional class here and there but i caught a few bugs early on music spoke to me obviously at an early age and i caught the drumming bug around the age of 10 you know listening to rock and roll seeing buddy rich perform on uh, the tonight show time spent with family and friends in the great outdoors captured my spirit early on and i still cherish every moment that i can in the woods or on the water so the great outdoors has provided an arena 
for two other bugs that caught me at a young age, archery and the shooting sports in general. But uh, archery, which has provided me decades of pleasure, uh, lots of frustration, lots of elation. Fishing, which was a bug that I caught from my old man who spent most of his free time angling on lakes and rivers, bringing home salmon and perch and crappie. It It was pretty cool. Pretty cool to go camping with Pops. And uh, we would go on family treks to see my mother's family in Tennessee every year. And it was just like being being a kid from the south side of Chicago, going to a farm in Tennessee and roaming the woods and catching bluegills out of the family pond. I mean, it was just it was it was like being in a Tarzan movie. I was as free as I could possibly be as a as a youngster. Yeah. So, you know, I caught the great outdoors bug. And that means being a participant and then going down the rabbit holes of discovery of the activities that I participate in archery, uh, bow hunting, shooting sports, gun marksmanship and fishing. And, you know, and then you discover different things within that bug. Like, you know, I love to fish, but the last couple of years I've dedicated myself to, well, I, I was going to say perfecting, but you can never really perfect things. You, you constantly pursue them and then you raise the bar. But I've been doing a lot of topwater uh, lure fishing for bass and using topwater frogs. And, and there's a learning curve there. There's a learning curve. But that's another topic for another show. Possibly another podcast. Stay tuned, kids. And I caught the radio bug early on. By sixth grade, I was recording my pretend radio shows in my bedroom on a Radio Shack microphone, a Panasonic cassette recorder, Zenith turntable, and a stack of records. So I never really shook the bugs that I caught. I've made a living as a broadcaster approaching 30 years, and I've supplemented my income as a musician even longer. I still spend as much time as possible a field with a bow or a shotgun in hand or casting bait into a river or a lake in pursuit of not only soul-stirring adventure but golden memories as well as pretty exquisite table fare for my family and friends and so some of us who catch bugs early on uh, we stick with that stuff it becomes who we are for my daughter theater and dance have been constants Throughout most of her 18 years, she's in college now pursuing her passion for special education, but she still performs in plays and she still performs in dance recitals, as well as coaching uh, a middle school cheer team. My little overachiever. Proud dad? Yeah, you think? My wife's bugs have been varied. She uh, taught music for years, graduating with a degree in music from Milliken. And she's an amazing player. I mean, trumpet, piano, saxophone, flute, a multi-instrumentalist that, shockingly, I have yet to ever jam with. And music is her, it's part of her past now, but she has found her true calling. In her 30s, she she found it. Um, She just turned 50. Shh. But she found it uh, being a nurse. And it's in her nature to provide kindness and care. So... Uh, She has found her true calling, and she caught the nursing bug. So we've all caught some sort of bugs in our life, activities or interests that send us down a path of borderline obsession, providing the rewards of self-realization and the determination to know more and do more. Growing up, 
Bobby and Mickey, two of my lifelong friends, they were gearheads, always in the garage, working on an engine, cars, motorcycles, mini bikes, off-road vehicles. Now, both of their garages are filled with ATVs, sports cars, and Harleys. And they're still doing the same thing they were doing as teenagers, always working on something, always tinkering with an engine, fixing up a car. Uh, they're, they're, they're racing, doing demolition derbies. So that's their thing. That's their bug. My cousin Joel was always uh, drawing pictures when we were kids. I mean, we all did. We all drew pictures, but he really did. You know, you'd draw your stuff and then look at his and go, oh, man. He's really good. And he was always an amazing artist. And he went on to work for Disney. And you've seen his work. If you have kids and you've seen Disney films, you've seen his work. And he's also a frequently published artist and uh, a sought-after Hollywood graphic designer. So what bug did you catch? Email us at mike at miketomano.com and connect with us. I'd like to know uh, what you do. Was it a lifelong passion? Our guest today and not only caught a bug... But he became a bug expert. In fact, one could call his bug Grasshopper. Sensei Steve Gross is with us, my uh, dear friend, for many years. How did we first meet? Ten years ago-ish, um, I was plugging the Land of Lincoln Classic Karate Championship on 10 10 10 Okay. And that was, uh, if you did a radio commercial for me, I think is the first time we had like real, like face to face interaction. Okay. And we've, uh, we've known each other and we've, uh, shared time together and you are my martial arts go-to guy. And, uh, now first of all, for people who, uh, are listening all over the place, but primarily people who are listening locally, how can they get in touch with your school? Uh, sensei, Steve, dot net is my uh my web page okay but uh you can grab me on facebook if you matter of fact if you google google search sensei steve i am pretty sure steven seagal and myself are like the first two people to come up <laughs> there you go there you go. so now and and please don't take this the wrong way but you are right. one of the most charming kindest man, men i've ever met and uh you are also one of one of the most formidable so how did how did that start how, how, let's go back to the beginning how did you uh, like anybody that meets you doesn't, right. doesn't realize that this is a lethal weapon we're talking to right now right. you know it's there's like so many martial artists like that that the um the more people size them up, the more they're underestimating them, yeah. you know? And it's just, um, you know, the, uh, uh, it's like, it's that guy in the BCGs that, that stands for birth control glasses. That's a military term. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's that skinny guy with the BCGs. It's like the one that kind of like, what you look out for a lot of yeah. times. You know? Well, your yeah, whole, your whole life is martial arts and you, you're, it, you're very much, yeah. very much uh, wrapped up in the community and with children yeah. and yeah. adults as well. Now I want to go through, uh, you've won many championships, but I want to get yeah. into uh, the history. So, so where did so, you grow up? So growing up, I grew up in moments and actually the story starts out kind of tragically. Uh, I, I was a victim of a home invasion as a kid. Wow. And, uh, yeah, actually my sister, uh, my oldest sister, she was home babysitting me and, uh, a guy, uh, came in the house and, uh, uh, attacked her. Um, and, uh, she was able to like slip out from underneath them before things got too far. 
and uh, she made an escape. And I, I was a little four-year-old boy, and uh, I kind of saw it off from from a little hiding spot, and or what I did see. And uh, uh, he took off down the street. And, um, later on, I, I don't know a whole lot, and I don't want to call anybody out and stuff like that. But I think you know later in life, I heard that this guy might have had some. Uh, intellectual deficiencies and stuff like that mm -hmm. and uh that might have been you know a little bit of the problem you know but uh, yeah it traumatized me as a kid yeah so, because the, but, the safety of yeah. your home was invaded and yeah. four years old that's where you yeah. that's your home yeah yeah and between that and watching david Carradine and be a peace of loving shallow <laughs> monk on you know yeah. kicking a guy through the window the last five minutes as uh, the uh, great jim graden fighter describes yeah that's that's uh where i uh so at four years old, you said, boy, I don't want to be afraid like that anymore. Yeah, but I kept it internalized. It wasn't until junior high okay. uh, watching the Kung Fu movies. Yeah. You know, and the, and the Jackie Chan Hong Kongs, you know, yeah. that I actually oh, yeah. wound up enrolling in a local Fire Dragon karate studio and uh, taking lessons. You know, it's funny you mentioned yeah. that. We all grew up in, you know, growing up in the 70s, yeah. martial arts were all the craze. They were in every movie and um, yeah. watching Bruce yeah. Lee, we would get VHS tapes of Bruce Lee and watch him. And then, you know, the weird <sighs> thing is back then there was a place called Ford City Mall. Okay. Well, it's still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, still yeah. there over right. in Cicero. Yeah. yeah. on Cicero Avenue in, near Chicago yeah. by Midway Airport. And you would go yeah. down in this, uh, the, the lower level was called Peacock Alley. And they had this yeah. this place that sold throwing stars and nunchucks. And as a 14-year-old kid, I'd go in and say, oh, can I see those black nunchucks with the yellow straw? Yeah. And just yeah. buy them and leave and have nunchucks in your, in your back pocket. And then you go home and whack yourself in the back of the head with them. Right. And you say, oh, yeah. maybe I'm not doing it the same way Bruce Lee is. But, right, right. But we both grew up in that era where martial yeah. arts, kung fu, you know, that was a Tuesday that nights. Was, we were, we were yeah. glued in front of the TV watching Kane and yeah. uh, his adventures. So that yeah. was that was the end of this. So how did you start? How did you start getting involved? Did you start taking so, classes? You know, I, I enrolled in the local dojo and uh, they were competitive. So they went to tournaments and stuff. And... Um, so I started competing and, and actually uh, took to my first tournament. I, I got my butt handed to me. This kid just, he beat me. I was frustrated as a guy from uh, Indianapolis, <laughs> Indiana. He was a blue belt and I was a white belt. And I, you know, had it all planned out. You know, he just didn't stick to the plan. You know, the plan was for him to lose the fight. Right. And, yeah. He didn't stick to the script. Right. And, uh, but uh, um, having said that, fast forward and, and, uh, it's just one of those like little, um, oh, what do they call them? It's these uh, little God winks kind of a thing. Yeah, like, you know, an, like little an, blessings. an epiphany. Yeah. yeah, you had an epiphany. Yeah. yeah. I had this little blessing on my life. Uh, uh, that was like 1982, I think it was. 1989, I'm competing at a tournament in Chicago at 35th and Halstead. Uh, there was a big dojo up on the second floor of this, this building. It was like a judo school in the fifties. And then it was a karate school and a Kung Fu. I think it was Kung Fu school the last it was before, but anyhow, there was a tournament in there. And I look across at this other lightweight black belt that would be fighting me, you know, that day. And he looks oddly familiar. And I approach him, I ask him his name and it's the same guy that beat me as a white belt. And wow. I fought him as a black belt. And, uh, um, I took first place in that tournament that day. So, you, you know, uh, came was, full circle. Yeah. It was just kind of nice. It was, a, yeah. it was a sweet uh, moment that, yeah, I learned a life lesson. If you're just patient, man, sometimes 
you know, your, your ship will arrive to port, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. patience it's is like, a virtue. There's no doubt about yeah, it. And I'm sure yeah. the discipline of martial arts teaches you that. Yeah. It's well, it's supposed to when it's taught right. Yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, so, so what were you, was this always your career as a, as a, as a teacher or, or did you, were you in some it, it, other stuff? Really was, you know, and that's like another crazy thing. Um, it's, it's just kind of been a calling of my in junior high. Again, with obsession with wanting to do martial arts. I, uh, uh, the teacher asked everybody what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I put down a martial arts instructor. I think I put down a Kung Fu teacher and he put martial arts instructor and put it on the wall. And it was kind of funny because when he was putting them up, everybody, uh, uh, it was a Catholic school. And so he put down, you know, he was putting these signs up of what everybody wants to be, but he started with a priest and a nun. And everybody thought that I wanted to be the priest because I, I would get A's in my religion class. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, took my faith more serious maybe than a couple of the other kids in junior high, you know, right. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyhow, yeah, I think I wanted to be a martial arts instructor. And then the next year I started taking classes yeah, to be, to be, yeah. to be an instructor. No, no, no. To start doing martial arts. I didn't oh, start martial oh arts I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, so you had yeah. the, so you're like, so you had this all pre-planned even before you started training. Okay. Yeah, great. I took my first lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I uh, practiced it in my buddies, uh, uh, attic we're spinning uh, we, we we didn't have the uh the mall down here that you had uh yeah, right uh but we had uh uh some wooden um uh, broomsticks and uh a lathe and you know some dad's shop tools and stuff like that and made our made our own nunchucks <laughs> made your own weaponry yeah, my, my buddy's yeah buddy's basement to this day i'm gonna give him a shout out to it's kenny young at border town tattoos there you go and uh he uh he has no, uh, no martial arts experience, and I have no tattoos to this day. We're best pals. Our businesses are close to each other, and we always jokingly say, "Kenny's going to get his." Uh, I'm going to get my first tattoo when Kenny gets his black belt. People well, you have to get there. a big dragon on your back. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I'm a given. Get, yeah, thank you. That's that's too bad. Yeah. So it yeah. became more of uh, the, the more you became an instructor, the more well-known you became people taking classes, uh, your name's getting around there. And you've also been called out over the years to consult, to train uh, in yeah. many different areas. So give us some of those uh, highlights. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one experience. It's kind of cool. And uh, again, it's just, it's not me, you know, this stuff just falls on my lap and uh, I get these things sprinkled out and, uh, um, I was driving to my uh, Villa Park school that now is Joe's Dojo in Villa Park. One of my black belts bought it. Okay. And um, he asked me, he's like, hey, you think I could change the name I'm from Sensei Steve? I'm like, well, what do you want to change it to? He goes, Joe's Dojo. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, you got <laughs> right. I would have named it Joe's Dojo, man. Yeah. If I would have thought of it back in the day, it's a great name. And uh, But uh, anyhow, I was driving up to that school, and I was right at that uh, – uh, I'm getting too detailed here, but I was, no, I was, please. I was right by the exit uh, where there's like a uh, um, a rest stop on on 57 between Kankakee and and uh, it's like right around Moni area. Okay. But uh, my phone rings and this guy, uh, hey, this is AJ White from Sony Pictures, and uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pull over for this call, you know. And uh, yeah, for those who are listening in Australia yeah. and Japan, uh, I-57 yeah. is a highway that you, you have signal and then you don't have signal, and then 10, right, 10 miles yes. without signal, so you pull over for for a producer yes, from Hollywood. Actually, yeah. You're right. I'm I'm right at that at that uh, at that spot. Too, yeah, you know? I know but, the exact um, spot you're talking about. Right. Um. So I wind up. Um, 
talking to AJ and he wants me to do some uh, post-production marketing stuff for the Karate Kid remake starring Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. Wow. And, uh, and I had a contact. I was uh, refereeing at a world karate championship for the National Black Belt League. They have a week-long tournament called the Super Grands. And it was like the Grand Slam of open martial arts tournaments. Okay. And like everybody's like the first year I went there, uh, I'm refereeing with like one of Chuck Norris's like first black belts and, and mm. like all, all sorts of, you know, really neat people are at this. So I'm out in Sacramento, meet these guys in Sacramento, just become friends and acquaintances and that kind of thing. And, and uh, when uh, Sony was looking for somebody in Chicago, uh, they asked him and he gave him two names and one was mine. That's too cool. And did did you get to meet Jackie did, Chan? I got to meet Jackie Chan. Wow. I got to meet, uh, actually, I met Jackie Chan and uh, one of my uh, teenage heroes, Richard Dent, that day. Richard Dent. Richard and Dent, yes. Israel Adonijah gave uh, Jackie Chan an honorary, uh, made him an honorary Chicago Bear. So wow. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Too cool. And then, uh, of course, uh, um, Will Smith was there and Jaden. And uh, that's that's when my son uh, got pulled, picked up by Will Smith, and took out on the red carpet. Oh, at the, wow. yeah, at the screening. Yeah, too cool. Kind of a neat, How was Will Smith? Thing. Nice guy. Yeah, super cool guy. Super yeah. approachable. Um, yeah, I was I was like uh, I, I was starstruck at the time. It was just it was totally cool. And, and Jackie yeah. Chan, you know, oh. people people know him in in the United States, but globally, he's like one of the biggest stars ever. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He's international. Yeah, everybody knows Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. And to have you know two minutes of his time, you know, is, oh yeah, is really really neat. You know, yeah. Did you tell him I can kick your ass? <laughs> I kept that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you see these people who who made stars of themselves as martial artists, the Steven Seagal's, yeah. the yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme, I don't even know, yeah. but but yeah. Um, as as a sensei and a seventh degree black belt, that's what you are, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So yes, so yeah. do you ever do you ever see these guys and say, okay, they they have real chops, or is this all just uh, yeah. choreography? You, you know, a lot of these guys are, they're legit, you know. Yeah. And uh, and some some are, are you know the movies make them look good. Right. Um, I have uh, one of my students, uh, Eric Lim. He lives in London now, and he's done some independent films. Actually, he had a film called the forge okay. that has about half a million hits on on youtube and it won the shorties which was kind of like you know the academy awards sure. for short films yeah and he won action film of the year uh about uh 2013 i think it was um but uh he played uh lasted there was a, a commercial that came out last year for the uh, oculus Sure. Uh, Vader's immortal, and he played. He was like the Jedi in that, fighting off Darth Vader and stuff, and All has right. kind of a comical interaction stuff in it. But uh, he's done some things, and then uh, his cohort, he played his brother in quite a few, or, or played his counter in quite a few movies, and his brother in another uh, short film. It was about forty minutes long, called Greenside, uh, independent film. Uh, Mike Moe. Mike played Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with um, 
Uh, yeah, oh, I, I can't even think of all those names. Uh, DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. Leonardo, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, he does yeah. a fight scene with Brad Pitt in it, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, that oh. that's that's there, and, and so many yeah. people got so mad. But you know, Quentin Tarantino rewrites reality. That's all. It was right, it was exactly. it was a joke. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Yeah, and that was actually a dream sequence, you know. Yeah, it wasn't even. Yeah, wasn't even Spoiler reality alert. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm just. Uh, yeah. So that and Bruce Willis is a ghost in that other movie. Sorry, guys. All right. Go. Yeah. Well, there you go. I haven't seen it yet, but okay, I got you. So now, um, so let's talk about some of your championships that you've won over the years and, and where those okay. took place. Um. I won the Pee Wee Novice Division. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, my biggest personal open tournament win was at the uh, Bluegrass National Karate Championships in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Where you guys fight with uh, <laughs> fiddles and uh, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jump up on a hickory stump. And, uh, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's that stop and go semi contact. You know. Um, you know. You're always working on your distancing and your timing and, and that kind of thing and. Uh, I fought a guy that I actually used to have an autograph picture of in my of my bedroom wall as a teenager, a guy named Tony Young. Really? Top, yeah, he was a top super lightweight. And the first time I fought him in Chicago, and at that time on the circuit that I competed in, it was called the NASCA, North American Sport Karate Association Circuit. What you did was they had the regular tournament, and you fought your way up, and then the top four fighters – went on and fought the four seated nationally ranked. So mm-hmm. once you had scrapped with everybody locally and the champions watched and saw how you fought, you got to fight them, you know? All right. And so, so once you got to the top, you know, that uh, you're kind of set, yeah. but uh, getting up that way was kind of hard, but I fought my way up through the ranks. Actually, the first guy I fought was the number one fighter from uh, Canada, Jean Paletti from, uh, I think he's from uh, Montreal, Quebec. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I beat him, and I didn't have an easy fight the whole time. And then I, I wound up fighting this guy, Tony Young, and uh, and hit him and wound up outscored him. But the first time I fought him, he hit me more times than I think I've been hit in my life up to that point. And then uh, the second time I wound up fighting him and beating him. And so that was like my big wow. brag. I felt uh, – and then um, – in kickboxing, I fought, uh, uh, won a Midwest title and then a national title on a, on a decision. And, um, those were both, uh, you know, big deals for me. Yeah. And, uh, so when um, you're sizing up someone in there and, and, and like you said, this guy's hit you more times and you're like, okay, this is, yeah. this guy's a rapid fire kind of, yeah. Really. yeah. You, you are not only making moves to counter what's going on but yeah. you've also got to think a few steps ahead so what what do you look for like a certain a certain opening or a weakness you know that they what? may have i, I kind of watch the shoulder you know where, wherever the shoulder twitches if you can imagine if the shoulder pulls back you know the lead shoulder pulls back he's going to fire something from his rear side if the lead shoulder drops forward you know he's, he's going to come after you with the lead if he leans backwards he's going to hit you with the front leg kick you know it's just kind of use that as a reading point and then the other thing is, is sometimes you just go you know yeah. judge says go bang you just go it's like gunslingers right and uh yeah just take off and you were involved uh, now arnold schwarzenegger has a uh, an event yeah the yeah arnold yeah the Co- arnold yeah what is yeah, that all a, about 
That's a huge event. That's uh, you know a- anybody should look at that and and uh, it's it's like the Olympics. <laughs> it's every year in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, it's got all these, these different sports and of course the the bodybuilders. Yeah, is is a big part of it and stuff. But they have an, an entire martial arts um, show and expo, and uh, they have uh, karate, judo. Uh, the stick fighting and everything and the kickboxing and uh, I became part of the uh, the kickboxing I actually headed it up for a few years oh wow and to this day I'm still the uh, the referee and that, that happened I extended I went one year saw how it worked and everything it was a little chaotic and uh, a lot of events are like that and <laughs> just uh, behind the scenes you know, everybody's got a plan, but then it kind of falls apart, and then you wind up putting it back together and making it happen. Somehow. Right. And uh, so the second year, I called up and said, hey, look, if you need a referee or a judge or something, I can do that. And uh, the director between me and Arnold's a guy named Toki, Terrence Toki Hill. He's a, he was a world champion when I was a kid in karate. And uh, he was like the first American to win like a big world international championship against, you know, the, the Asians and mm everything um and billy blanks was on that team and stuff like that um but uh i told toki toki's like well steve what can you do and i said well i can do anything but be your fight doctor and i refuse to be your round card girl you know yeah right and yeah and so he's like well that's kind of weird but you know you think you could run the whole thing <laughs> like, of course i can yeah there you go yeah yeah he had a guy that wasn't working out with him and so uh I made a few phone calls and, and a buddy of mine who um, uh, became the referee was, uh, he's the guy that built a ring for bare knuckle, the bare knuckle fighting championships. They, they have a, uh, they have a circular boxing ring. Yeah. And uh, he, and then, so there's no corners for the guys to come out. They just tow the line like a karate match and then start, you know, swinging yeah. fists at each other. It's kind of crazy. But uh, Gary Grant from, uh, Northeast Pennsylvania from Wilkes Bar. Actually, his his girlfriend works at the bar that's on the uh, what, what's that show? The Office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. So he's he's out of that era area, but uh, he's a big kickboxing, boxing, and MMA promoter and um, uh, stuff like that to this day. But uh, yeah, we met right about the time that you and I met, and yeah. just our relationship flourished too. He's done more for yeah. you than I have. Yeah. Well, I've done more for him too. There you go. I got, I got a phone call out of the blue from uh, uh, Universal Studios in DC looking for a boxing ring for Chicago Fire. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I could get you a boxing ring, no problem. You know, I called up a buddy of mine and, and uh, that, then they called back again. They're like, well, now we want to buy one. Do you, do you have one for sale? I'm like, sure do, man. Nice. I hung up the phone and called Gary. I'm like, Hey man, we got to get a ring. uh, (laughs) Sure. I got one. Let's get a (laughs) ring. Yeah. Yeah. So now Steve, when you, um, when you take on students, what are you looking for? I mean, I mean, I, I, kids, obviously you do a thing called kinder food. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now kinder food. That's, that's a, uh, edutainment type of program I put together specifically for four five and six year olds. Okay. And that's just to kind of help work on their, their developmental, you know, skills, and then uh, use the martial arts through that, you know, the punch, kick, uh, stance thing. And then um, just uh, prep them in life. We talk about focus all the time. Yes. Um, 
another chant we have, you know, being, I'm like the wise old karate master. I'm like the splinter, you know, but yeah. like, uh, in, in a skinny bald guy's body. And, uh, <laughs> Grab the pebble out of my hand, grasshopper. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I tell the kids, you know, be be the example, not the warning, you know. And that's right. that's one of our big things that we hound in all the time. And so we work on your, uh, um, I guess, coming alongside your conscience, you know. And uh, when when the kids step out of line, I I'm quick to tell them, I'm like, hey, look, man. Should I be telling you straight up? Like, do you not have a conscience? You, you know, yeah, listen right. to that sucker, you know? Right, right. I'm like, that can't be that tainted by five. Yeah, right. right? Come on. I mean, I know some people are age that, you know, yeah, their conscience is kind of seared, but yes. know, six, you know, they should, should be okay. So the discipline of martial yeah. arts, yeah, it's like anything. Yeah. As you get a kid yeah. involved at a young age, uh, that's the best time, I would guess. It's a, it's a fantastic time because yeah. then they, they grow into it. And they and grow the to love it. They yeah. Have. yeah. I had one kid that started as a eight year old uh, and he's a uh, Lieutenant Colonel in the air force today. And I, I love seeing that stuff. I have another one that's been a doctor. And of course, you know, I had a couple, the, the one Mike Chatteratabut uh, okay. is probably my most famous black belt. He um, goes by Mike Chat now in Hollywood. So he dropped his long uh, Thai name, uh, but uh, he played uh, the Blue Power Ranger and Lightspeed Rescue Rangers, and then has a school called XMA Extreme Martial Arts, and um, his program has been featured on A and E, and um, virtually every kid on Disney Channel has been a student of his. Uh, his most famous student, I think, is Taylor Lautner, who was a Shark Boy, yes, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and then. Uh, uh, something in this vampire werewolf thing. How terrible that I don't know it, but your oh, well. teenage daughter will not. Okay, so yeah. when you went, so when yeah. you look at what you the the disciplines is that yeah. that's the the practices that you teach. Uh, yeah. you, you teach karate, and and what is the yeah. Yeah. so given the difference between some people take uh, taekwondo, some people take judo, kung fu, yeah. whatever. It's 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 uh you know uh, there's a lot of similarities to it. a lot of people point out the differences, but there's a lot of similarities and. Uh, um, one, you know, is from Korea, one's from Okinawa, one's from China, but they're, they're relatively the same, you know, basis and fundamentals, you know, the punch yeah. is a punch and kicks up a kick kind of a thing. And, um, uh, so I, I don't, you know, make a big deal about the, the differences of the styles. Cause there's, you know, guys out there that, man, they like pointing that out, but I, I um, the similarities in it, but now the differences between like karate and Kung Fu, uh, kung fu might have uh, a lot of kung fu styles have more fluid motion in it. Um, uh, taekwondo will have maybe more high kicks. Okay. And uh, karate will have more, you know, the low stance, straight punch. Uh, judo is a grappling art. And of course, jujitsu. So you have judo and jujitsu. Uh, that ju word means something, you know, to the yeah. Japanese Okinawans. And so it's, it's like a grabbing, throwing art and, you know, uh, as opposed to a kick and blow art. So you have your kick and blow styles and then you have your, um, uh, your, your grappling, grappling arts. Yeah. And then, then, you know, you have your weapons and that kind of thing. And, and you're uh, well-versed in all of them, right? Yeah, I was, I was well-versed in the, uh, now the jujitsu. I'm not that, yeah, I, I'm not that good at that jujitsu. I haven't trained that intensive into that. Um, I do have a friend, Dan Severin, who, uh, Oh, sure. Won the UFC several times and stuff. And Dan will come here on a regular basis and teach wrestling and some MMA, you know, as you will. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I'm a stand up, kick and blow kind of fighter guy. Yeah. You know what? And, and as a spectator, I could watch yeah. boxing and I could watch um, martial arts, but MMA to me, it's brutal. And, and I, I don't want to sound like a big wuss, but no, no, to it's, watch it's guys much, just yeah. pound the shit out of each other for an hour. And uh, there's something very, uh, very yeah, gladiator yeah. arena about that. Right, right, right. Now there's a lot of rules in there that you're not seeing, but yeah. Um, and then there's, there's situations like, like sometimes these guys, will, I, like uh, McGregor in his last fight, you know, you throw a kick on somebody and wind up breaking your own, you know, tibia. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, it's like, gosh. <laughs> So now what about people who, because obviously when you enroll at a dojo, you're, yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're ranking, you know, you're, you're raising, yeah. raising your ranks as uh, you, you yeah. graduate yeah. to belts. Uh, what about, belts. Yeah. yeah. What about people who are saying, listen, I'm, I, I have a family. I just want my kid to learn self-defense. Do you, do you offer something yeah. of that nature where, you know, just to teach a kid how to protect themselves if someone grabs them? Yeah. Yeah. I tell, I tell people, a lot of my instructors, I remind them what it was like to be a, a white belt, you know, and people come to karate for different reasons. And it's like swimming. Some people learn how to swim so they can become an Olympic gold medalist. Other people learn how to swim. So if they fall in the water, they can get out of there alive. You know, right. it's the same thing with martial arts. Yeah. You know, people have different reasons and ambitions. And some people, they come in with the intention of just wanting to go through the ranks and they want to get six months of fighting skills under their belts. And they become a lifelong practitioner and a competitive, you know, student. Stuff I like think that. it awakens a self confidence yeah. that maybe they yeah. didn't have when they, they first yeah. start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now, in real life, when has yeah. martial arts came into play for you? Uh, as far as a combative thing, yeah. Has anyone ever uh, have you ever used it to diffuse a situation? I, I've been able to diffuse a few situations. I had one time it was just it's kind of funny looking back at it now the moment was a little heated but uh it was actually at a boxing match that uh, refrigerator perry was fighting bob the beast sap at the odium <laughs> in villa park oh now wait so it's so a refrigerator was this like a charity thing or an event it was it was a tough man show and actually yeah okay. they were like really going at it and i I thought it was going to be kind of a, you know, like the undercard was going to be the real deal, but then the main event was going to be, you know, kind of an exhibition kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, you know, Bob was trying to take off Ridge's head and doing a pretty good job at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. And so but, this, this was a situation the, where it kind yeah. of escalated. So at the, yeah. At the end of that night, I'm going to leave and uh, these three guys that were just looking for trouble, they found me and they got around me. One guy got in my face and it's kind of funny because at that point in time, I was, this is going back 20 years ago. Um, I was uh, very confident in a situation and uh, I just looked at the three guys and I already knew what I was going to do. Yeah, trying to not sign arrogant or anything like that, but I really did. Well, the guy to the left of me, there's a folding chair between us. So I was going to just, uh, uh, I had half a second with him, the guy right in my face, I was going to headbutt him. And I have a really good lead leg sidekick with my right foot. And I was going to feed that to that other guy. And I figured about the three seconds that the fight was going to take place, you know, I'd be able to give each one of these guys a little smack and then, like we'd have security there by, you know, yeah. I could get out of it. But the one guy was in my face, but 
is I'm looking at this again, this all goes by in a flash of a second. And, and the guy to the right of me, I, I meet eyes with him and something about the eye contact. He tells his buddy, he's like, Hey, look, he's like, I don't know. He's like, don't mess with this guy. And of course dropping F-bombs, you know, and stuff. Yeah. he's like, don't, don't F with this guy. And he's like, ah, oh, there's something about you. I don't know what it is. And, uh, He's like, have you even been drinking tonight? I'm like, nope, I haven't had anything to drink. You know, and I'm eyeballing him still, and <laughs> the other guy's got his finger in my chest. And uh, wow, it's ugly. Then he winds up pushing the guy back and 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 pulling his buddy away and everything. But um, I, I left there feeling like, okay, man, I I, I know my stuff. I you, you, really well, you, you you exuded yeah. it, yeah, the yeah. confidence, yeah. the confidence level. Yeah. Because I know a, you, Steve. You yeah. had that smirk on your face. I don't care how crazy these guys are getting. You have that right. Steve smile that never leaves. Yeah. And um, that's, yeah, that's oftentimes you can smile through it. Well, and I want people. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had another one real quick. Uh, this these guys. Uh, they had the music going loud with all the the stuff out in front of the dojo and the a uh, 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 couple doors down. And uh, this guy got his got his stuff just foul mouth stuff coming out. And I'm like, hey. You turn that music down. There's kids that live in these apartments up here, you know, and and uh, and so the guy gets goes to get in my face, and I, I kind of cut some distance, and I could see him trying to size me up, and his buddy goes, "It's just the music. It's just the music." And he turns the, the radio down, and he comes running out of the car, and I can see him get coming up behind his buddy. And he goes, it's just music. And then he goes, Sensei Steve, it's just the music. So I'm like, okay, he knows. And he comes up and he like shakes my hand and he pushes his buddy back. And his buddy's looking like, why, why are you like, why are you acting like this? You know, yeah. this old man. And um, then uh, I don't know what his friend told him, but the guy had a, a pretty tough relative that was kind of in and out of, uh, you know, the system, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, I saw him on the street. I said, Hey, who's this guy that's living up there? And of course he told me his name and how they were related. And I said, well, we had words. And he goes, Oh really? He goes, I will talk to him. (laughs) He talked to him and then I would be teaching class and he would walk past the karate school and he would walk like with a purpose, with his eyes forward, not making any eye contact, gazing into the karate school. You made my uncle kick my ass. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, sometimes you let other people do it for you. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 And yeah, well, I think he was like, his uncle probably told him how fortunate he was. Well, I want people to go to senseisteve.net and find out about you. And also tell us about the book you wrote oh go to my facebook page more than that yeah, oh go facebook. To my facebook okay yeah 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 my my uh my my just to be honest man my my uh my dot com page whatever it's 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 uh it's outdated <laughs> you can see you can see sensei steve 2013 what it was sensei like steve in a, kicking with a yellow belt oh wait this right, is yeah, uh yeah this yeah, is a long yeah. time ago right yeah. yeah it's so funny but uh actually i was just looking you know my certificate and everything with my seventh degree black belt that was eight years ago and i got people asking me about uh hey when are you gonna get promoted again and i'm like i don't know i like i got a ways to go and i'm like oh i guess i'm kind of due but yeah i could care less but well you were inducted um, in 2008 yeah. into the illinois state martial arts hall of fame that had to be pretty yeah, cool it was, it, was, it was super cool and uh lots of cool uh boxers and martial artists have, have come up afterwards and uh that kind of thing and uh it's it's really neat to be uh honored there and actually that's where i got from one of my seventh degree as amongst my peers at that hall of fame yeah. and uh, that was uh in, in 2013 of course now you but, uh, you're a, you're a boxing coach as well i i have been uh my certifications 
uh, not up to date, but I could work a corner as good as the next guy, you know, right yeah. now. But I do, um, I do, did announcing a couple weeks ago um, up at uh, the Heights fights up at the uh, Oh, they love to fight in the Heights. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. And they had, man, it was the best fighting this side of Tokyo, man. And we had some great amateur boxers. Uh, Sam Colonna's legendary Sam Colonna's gym. He uh, trained a lot of guys. Andrew Golana is probably one that sure. uh, a lot of people know of and stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, Colonna's just got an amazing stable of fighters. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, uh, the book. Yeah, you ask about that. Yeah, tell us about uh, your yeah, book. I, so I wrote a children's book. It's an allegory and it's called Quest of the Spirit Blade. And it's about a little ninja warrior who. Um, uh, his like village has been attacked and then he has to like go on this quest and along the way he winds up collecting this different uh, relics and stuff like that. It's it's basically an allegory about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6 in the Bible. So uh, oh, okay. I'm a person of faith and so I wrote this little faith-based book, you know, for kids kind of like a uh, like a C.S. Lewis kind of a thing or, yeah. you know, Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe or something like that. And I actually had some one person tell me, hey, this book's a lot like uh, Pilgrim's Progress written by uh, John Bunyan. It was like you actually, sure? the, yeah, one of the most read books. Uh, yeah. But uh, I thought, man, this is awesome, man. Because yeah, after that's... I die, man, this thing's going to be like. Well, you get, <laughs> you get your works compared to uh, yeah. Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you've written some yeah. good stuff there. That's all yeah. right, man. Yeah. So, and how yeah. can people get that? You just go to Amazon or? Uh, you know what? Uh, they can get it through me. You okay. know, I self-published it, and uh, I have it printed here in uh, moments. But if Quest I had my act together, I would have it on Amazon. But, there you uh, go. Quest of the Spirit Blade. And now yeah, I, I want to yeah. ask you, you know, um, beyond the training and the physical activity, and, of course, there's the confidence building, the the uh, the discipline, the exercise, and, and so much that's attributed to pursuing martial arts – let's talk about the, an overview of uh of a sensei's philosophy okay let's let's talk okay um, um like the philosophy that i have yeah you know is like the, the, i guess the number one thing i have is be authentic i tell the students all the time where do we live and the answer is reality and uh um, I try to, you know, make sure they understand that we live in the real world. We don't live in a fantasy world that uh, is make believe, but we live in the world that we have been given. And when uh, things go awry, and they will at times, we have to adjust and, uh, you know, not be surprised that bad things happen right. and uh, fight through it and uh, be be the leader that people need. Right. And uh, you might not feel like you're ready for it, but you got to just do the best you can. And uh, until a better leader comes along and uh, fills that void. Uh, we, hey, yeah, we, hey, there's your allegory. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's for all of us. But um, yeah. yeah, so be objective and be prepared. Yeah, yeah. And be aware, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you, you've changed a lot of people's lives, Steve, and it's a pleasure knowing you. I want uh, people to check you out once again if they want to get in touch with you or they want to uh, pursue the martial arts. Uh, you can, again, find a research Sensei Steve so you get a skinny bald guy with glasses and, and uh, I'll come up. But yes, Google search Sensei Steve. I'm on uh, Facebook all the time. 
Steve Gross is my real name. Everybody goes by Sensei Steve, but yeah, you could you could find my personal page. You could find my my karate page. I'm I'm pretty much an open book, yeah, as much as possible. And and uh, yeah, just being the authentic you is what I encourage people to, to do. And, that's what it's and, about. Uh, put put forth the effort. You know, do the exercises. Take the uh, take the long road. Study hard. Work hard. Practice. Volunteer. You know, it's. Yeah, it goes beyond much, just the. Yeah. It goes beyond the yeah. martial art itself. It's it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And um, what what else yeah. is what what do you got coming up soon that you want people to know? So, about? so coming up soon, uh, a couple things uh, to plug is in um, September 11th. I'm going to be out at the uh, Grant Park Oktoberfest, and uh, we'll do a kids show there and a little martial arts uh, demonstration. And we'll be involved in their parade. They'll have fireworks that night. September 11th in Grant Park, Illinois. Um, yeah. Good little, uh, um, you know, small town America celebration kind of thing. Big stuff martial arts wise. I've been going out to the NAFMA, North American Federation of Martial Artists, uh, to their um, championships. And they have a um, all valley theme. They have uh, Daryl Vidal is going to be there who, um, was in the karate kid movie he was in the tournament scenes uh he's the guy that every martial artist thought that guy would have won the tournament had it not been scripted okay and, so uh, that goes back to us talking yeah, about yeah. It, what's choreography and what's the real deal and yeah. also all the martial yeah. artists are going oh wait this guy's for yeah. real okay yeah 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 and yeah daryl's real deal guy but yeah he's got the hollywood he's got a little bit of both got lots of friends out there on the west coast that uh they're getting their schools back open again after the pandemic yeah, and um, man it's been been super crazy and uh uh stuntmen that are you know getting back to work and and these guys some of these guys got to get like covid tests like every day and then if they're around a lister it's like you know they got to get twice as many covid tests mm. and and uh it's it's really changed the course of um like i i'm not really wanting to do any i've been doing little bit parts on some TV shows, like as a boxing referee on, on Chicago PD as a homicide detective once on, on fire. But, uh, you know, you got to go get a, a, a COVID test and a fitting. And it's just, a, it's a lot to, to jump through for like a little, little part, you know, yeah. you're a serious actor, you know, and you had your SAG card then then have at it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, pass that on to somebody else, but. Well, Sensei Steve Gross, keep changing lives and keep on doing what you're doing. It's a pleasure, man. Mike, I appreciate you choosing me out of all the martial arts in the world, man. I'm, I'm humbled by it. I'm glad to call you a friend. And uh, if there's anything I could do for anyone. Uh, and then I, last, I, I'm just going to plug my city of moments. I'm the liaison for the community. And uh, we have a nice little town here on the uh, Kankakee River. And we're always having little activities, concerts uh, by the river, uh, festivals and things like that. We're going to have a fun little Halloween event for kids coming up and a great little Christmas gathering. Uh, we uh, um, have that. So come, come visit Moments sometime. Thanks for joining us for our great visit with Steve Gross. Sensei Steve, check him out. He'll uh, he'll change your life. 
I want to thank uh, everybody at Fossil Entertainment Group for making this happen and providing me the means to put this podcast together. All of you for listening and my neighbor Josh, who's still out there mowing the lawn. 